Um, okay. Welcome, everybody, to Fate of Mates. Uh, I am Sarah McLean. I write romance novels, and I read romance novels. I'm Jennifer Prokop. I'm on summer vacation and read romance novels. You lucky duck. Hi, guys. I'm done with my grading. I'm done with my (laughs) class at Northwestern. I'm done with everything. (laughs) Well, there it is. They don't get paid very well, teachers, but they do get the feeling of being done with school. Yeah, it's like, honestly, I just want you all to know, like, remember that feeling as a kid? Now magnify it times a million, and that's how teachers feel. And I, <laughs> and I love my job. I'm not sad about my job, but man, this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, yes. All you have to do is talk about chastity belts and anal sex. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> that delightful laugh is one of our very favorite people, one of my very favorite people, one of Jen's very favorite authors. Sophie Jordan is with us today. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Sophie has been with me from the beginning of my IID journey. She is one of the reasons why I read it. I, I read it. That's true. Feels like a lifetime ago. But like, it does. But also, it, it's not. This is, IID is not the book Sophie Jordan made me read mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of the night on a red eye uh, on a plane flying back from RWA in Anaheim? Where were we? Why was I in California on a red eye? I can't remember, but we were there for some reason. And Sophie Jordan and Mae Chen, who's an editor at Avon Books, yelled in my face <laughs> about the master. I think I had told you about the master, and you were like, mm-hmm. and then May yelled in your face. <laughs> and that was like, it always takes the second person to yell in your face about a book. That it, really pushes that is true. you into the book. You're like, wait. That's true. I You're like, to. fine. Exactly. <laughs> I will read this dumb book. Except it's not dumb. No. And here's a fun fact. There was a couple um, uh, a couple on the plane next to me, and they had just adopted a baby. And they were on this plane flying back. Or I don't know if it was an adoption or if it was surrogacy, but it was not. It was a new baby. And um, they were flying back. Um, from California to New York, and that baby would not stop crying. And they were having this, like, that moment that we've all had on a plane with a baby, those of us who have babies and have been on planes with them. And it was a red eye. It was, like, 2.30 in the morning. And this baby was howling. And, um... And I, they kept turning to me and apologizing profusely. And I was like, I have this book. I'm not going to bed. <laughs> um, I'm all good. I so don't care. So Cressley kept me. Cressley kept me. Um, You're like, not even a howling baby can make this book less sexy. No. Mm-hmm. It was actually like, they could not have had a more perfect Compa- seat companion. No, it was amazing. Anyway. So, The Master, we are back. We are back to uh, Game Makers. This is the second book in the Game Makers series, and um, the one that we like better um, than the last one. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite, too. 
Which is why Jen and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> so I definitely, if you, if people who are listening heard Sophie on the Wicked Wallflowers at some point, she like, you have a theory about the Game Makers series. And I, even though I know you talked about it then, I want you to talk about it again now before we talk oh God, about this Oh what did book. I say? It was um, very smart. Okay. No, okay. I definitely think, and Sarah and I, we've talked about this, like, of the three Game Maker books, one of them is every reader's favorite. Like, it speaks to the id of every reader. Like, it may not be the first book. It may not be the second book. It may not be the third book. But one of these books is going to serve your id. And, I mean, how would you characterize? Let me think. Book two, the master, well, we're going to get really, we're going to, we're going to take this one down. We're going to take it apart. But, um, are you going to do, or have you already done book three? Have you, because I don't want to, I feel no. slightly spoilery talking, talking about them. No, we should do it. Right, Sarah? That's your favorite. Well, that's my favorite, which is, uh, will come as no surprise to anybody that this Conrad Roth uh, uh-huh. rune dark light no fan yes. <laughs> is, the, is the, the player fan, fan. but, um, but so, so let's talk about that because Jen and I just reread The Professional two weeks, uh, whatever, a month ago, two episodes ago of the idea of the Cressley arc of this podcast. We reread The Professional and we really didn't love it on the reread. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I've never really loved The Professional and I've always thought that it was like partially because of the... that it was a lot about the trope like the bodyguard like Mm -hmm. bodyguards really Mm -hmm. aren't my thing like a woman being like plucked from her life and like whisked away to a new world isn't really my thing um there's a lot that just i'm predisposed not to love but the reality is is that the professional we found on twitter um after our uh, podcast went live is that the professional is a lot of people's favorite of the three right and i've i remember bumping into someone who was like oh the professional is my favorite of the three and i'm like well you're wrong because it's the master (laughs) so these three books serve the romance world (laughs) one of them will be your favorite Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's really interesting, and we said this on the last episode, is each of these three books is a real paranormal hero set down in contemporary. And that totally is a agree. hard yes. sell. And Yeah, for sure. Because it's so over the top, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, these Russian mobsters, whatever, you know, um, they are – so larger than life, right? They're not mortal men. <laughs> not at all. And like, and they are. Yeah. They're like, talk about, I, I say all the time, like, heroes need to be kings. Like, talk about kings. Every one of these guys is like a trillionaire. Literally, the, mm-hmm. the hero of the player is a trillionaire. Well, he has to be because in the master, his brother's a billionaire. You got to keep going. Yeah, right. Level up. <laughs> if Cressley Cole has a tattoo somewhere, it just says level up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that why why the master you guys because this is both your favorites <sighs> i feel like it's peeling back who jen and i are <laughs> this is who we are i know two ladies who love chastity belts and anal sex <laughs> oh, that wasn't where i was gonna go with that at all at all but <laughs> You know what? Here's, I mean, okay, so we've talked a lot about the heroes, but I do love Kat. And I think 
Now, I want to say, though, like, it does make me uncomfortable in some ways. I don't know how... I think her representation as, like, a Cuban-American woman is probably problematic in a lot of ways. And I kind of hate myself for just being like, I I don't care because I love this book so much. Um, and I also am not entirely sure. Like, I think as the book goes on, she develops into a more interesting character. But at the beginning, when she just seems like this, like, sassy Latina woman... I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. But what I loved about her is, and I think it's like similar to many Cressley heroes, right? Is she is in charge of her own destiny. Mm-hmm. For sure. Even when he like traps her, she's like, you know, this is going to work for me because I'm trying to hide out from this guy anyway. And my sixth sense is telling me I'm in danger. And if I'm up here in this, Locked you know, in like this penthouse, the, sure. Yeah, the lap of luxury, doing whatever I want, having great sex, eating whatever I want, n- being waited on. Why wouldn't yeah. I? Lobster all day long. <laughs> and I, I think that to me was really like turning something. It like really turns its head on the idea of, um, like every time a woman is trapped, she's like desperate to escape. Right. And instead she's like, I'm trapped and this is really working for me. And in fact, let me order some sexy bikinis. (laughs) Right. And a treadmill because I like to run. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She had her own pool, which we know is like, of all the things in this book, the most exciting to me is the idea that you could have your own pool. (laughs) (laughs) And she swims naked in it until she gets those sexy bikinis all day long. Yeah. She takes her, yeah. And you know, she never has to share a lane with another swimmer. No, it's amazing. (laughs) No public pool here. Right. And she just calls him on his shit all all the time. She's never in a position of fear or doubt with him, I feel like. Even though she, you know, she doesn't, entire she can't entirely read his emotions i mean then there'd be no romance novel but i mean how many times does she call him pendejo you're an asshole you're a pendejo you're stupid yeah. you know like yeah. she he's like call me master and she's like ah, fuck you you know like um <laughs> yeah. she's every bit as strong or maybe more you know than he is she's stronger yeah yeah well so wait so let's start from the beginning. I, I want to just do a quick overview of what this book is. So this book is a perversion of the escort trope, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Cat is a heroine who is backed into a corner, right? Um, yeah. And I love a heroine who's backed into a corner because... Me too. You have two chop- two options, right? Which is like, just suffer or fucking fight. Like, yeah, those right, are your right. options. Yeah. So she um, is, she has left an abusive, oh, an abusive, I mean, an abusive yeah. marriage, um, but also, like, so abusive that her husband um, has killed her mother, murdered her mother. Framed um, her. Framed mm-hmm. her, framed her for the marriage, the, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, so f- killed the mother, and then there was a huge inheritance. Kat is not poor. She is a, a multi-hundred thousand heir. Right. Um, and um, but he was a lawyer and she trusted him and she signed a bunch of documents and now she's no access to her money. And she discovered that he killed her mother and that he was having this like wild affair with some woman. Um, and she kills the woman um, on, yeah. the, on the escape. Like it's not an intentional Right. Murder. Right. It's sort of an accidental thing. She's super emotional. Her mother's dead. She's discovered this man that she's who's supposed to love her killed her mom. Um, And then she murders his his um, his uh, mistress, Mm -hmm. his lover. And then 
finds herself on the run with no money at all. Um, and she is in Miami finishing her degree. Um, I think there's something to be said in here. And I, I, I haven't reread the professional for this particular thing. But like all these characters are going to school. And I think mm-hmm. there's something really interesting about that that Cressley's saying about like women yeah, and education she really values education. Yeah. And so she's in school, she's trying to finish her degree and, but she has no money and she, she's afraid her ex-husband who is still her husband is coming for her. Um, and she's terrified and she has to get out and to do that, she needs cash money fast and she cleans houses for money. And one of her clients is an escort and basically says like, I got, I got the right person for you. You need, you can give one night to this Russian billionaire and right. Be have enough to run. Yeah. Right. Although I don't think the friend really knows she's planning to run, but like have enough. Right. She knows that she's out of cash. Yeah. Kat knows she can, according to the escort, she could score a couple grand possibly. I did love all that. I loved the way, I love the really like frank way that Cressley writes the business. Like, oh yeah. Here are all the ways that you can use a John. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I love the abbreviations of this is what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Upselling. Yeah. And yeah, she definitely, um, it's a business and tr- yeah, Cressley there's no shame it. in it. No. Right. Right. Cressley treats it as such and it makes it like it's just as fascinating as like reading like a chef romance because you're just like, oh, this is I'm learning oh, all the ins works. and outs of this business. Right. Well, and it's really interesting because what her friend Ivana tells her is um, if you'd fuck him for free, why not do it for money? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. She does. So it's like. There's no shame in in any of this, like, especially if you are already attracted to him. Now, I think in some ways that's like a dodge, but maybe all these super rich guys, at least that Ivana's come across. But it's, I think, a way of her, like, sort of tell, like, it's okay to, to like doing this. Definitely lifts away the shame from it, like it's work. And it just warns her. She tells her that, right, when she says you're going to have a gut check moment. Like, you're like, can I do this? Just remind yourself, would you do them anyway? Yes, you might as well do it for money. Yeah. So uh, then we meet our hero, Maxime. Um, <laughs> and he is, uh, he's a classic. I mean, he oh, could not yeah. be more of a grizzly cold hero. <laughs> he's very cold and very impenetrable. And he's like ice. And he's like never, he he like never has a repeat performance with a prostitute. He only uses like high end prostitutes. Yeah, never been in a relationship his entire life. He's never performed cunnilingus. That's made clear. Yeah. But he's <laughs> really he's a rock star at it. Right. Because <laughs> because he's not about her pleasure. He's Yeah. Until until, until, until Kat. Yeah. I oh I'm just getting so excited when you're talking about it. <laughs> well wait, so what happens? So she turns up and she's dressed in, like, this crazy dress. Right. The first time she turns up, this is what's so amazing. Where, like, I just kept sitting straighter up and straighter up. Or, like, straighter up. I just kept, <laughs> oh, my God, like, getting breathless just thinking about it. She shows up, and she's kind of the first time in a somewhat modest little green wraparound dress. And right away, she does not meet his requests. He requested a tall, blonde, right, late 20s. Our heroine's early 20s. She looks younger. Um, 
And of course, she's dark haired, dark eyed, very curvy. She's five foot two, not the five eight he wants. And oh, he pre- preferably of European descent, right? He, so she does not check right. any of his boxes at all. Yeah, like first of all, fuck this guy. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. She, and she's very confident about it. She's like, "You're lost, pendejo." Yeah. You know. So I mean, she. Um, and then the moment. Come on, Jen. I know you're there with me on this. Oh, one. The I, I mean, I'm just like enjoying the retelling of it. <laughs> she she basically says a big f you. Yeah, because, and because she's like, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. Her self confidence is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's what I love. We about could this. all channel Cat a little more in our yeah. lives. I think. Sure. Well, and I think what the other thing is though is she her suspicion is that his description of what he wants. It's not because it's what he's really attracted to, but sure. because what society says, this is a perfect, beautiful woman. It's a status mm-hmm. symbol, right? It's like having a $90,000 suit or the best penthouse. Like, of course, you're going to have a tall, you know, skinny blonde on your arm. That's what beautiful means. And mm-hmm. so her, her like sense of him is, you know, I, that's, that's what he wants in his brain, but that's not what he like wants. No, because he wants her like right. He she says that's what you want, but that's not what you need, and he's kind of just a little shocked. Like his the whole time, the whole through the course of the book is him looking at her like, "Who are you? Like, what are you? You yeah. know?" Because she's so confident. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say like this is we said last time that like it felt like the professional was Cressley like with a new tool, like, trying to figure out how, like, her new tool worked with first person. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. she has hit her stride in the master. Like, the first using the use of first person in that introductory meeting is really perfect because Kat is so furious with this guy. It's, I mean, interestingly, it is an echo in some ways to that, like, legendary first scene in Fifty Shades when Anna, like, trips over the, um... Uh, uh, trips over the you know threshold into (laughs) like and falls on her ass in Christian Gray's office and it's first person and all you can see is him looking at her with disdain right but in this particular case Kat doesn't trip she's fucking great and like he is looking at her with disdain and she's like go fuck yourself like it is exactly what every person who hated that dynamic in Fifty Shades like wanted instead like it's like Cressley sort of flipped the whole script on its head and like delivered this like delicious moment and she did it using first person as a tool because by the time when he comes on when it becomes clear that he's come unraveled it's really an amazing moment it is one of the problems like we really had with um the professional is um that like you know alexander's just like completely opaque the entire time and i didn't feel that way with maxim i mean i felt like she gets him she gets him so we get him right right and even though there are times that we're not really clear exactly what's going on there's a lot of times where she's like, you want me more than I want you. And that's she driving you crazy. That. And that, it, her confidence that she, like, right, she's the real manalizer. <laughs> she is. Yeah. And I think that's why it work, works better for me, too, because there's never a sense that he is besting her. I always, from the very beginning, even when he was like, I'm trapping you in my penthouse, 
you know, and making my doctor insert an IUD, there's some real questionable fucking shit that goes For down. Sure. Oh like, boy. <laughs> take this morning after shot. Let me inject you. But, but you're right. Yeah. It's like, she feels like she has the upper hand. She's totally self-aware. And then, has more awareness of who he is and what he is and what he wants than he, you know, he's Mm -hmm. at a loss. Okay. But we got to go back to the, when she, when she's like, F you, (laughs) you don't know what you're missing. It turns around to walk out the door and she shows him her ass, like just her ass in a modest dress. Right. Like, but she has, you know, amazing an amazing ass (laughs) yeah and she knows she has an amazing ass well because there's like what i love about this is how many times have jen and i over the week said like uh all these heroines are so like perfectly skinny and like cat's not skinny no girl's got ass i mean yeah owns it you know just it's and he talks about it he's like your walk like the way she just carries herself and then he he tells her to stop. Stay, you know, maybe I was hasty. Like he chokes out the words, right? Like as he's fumbling and choking yeah. for her not to leave because he checked out her ass. Yeah, I love yeah. it so much. It's really so like much. it hits that like faded mates thing. It's like he blood. Like it's like she bloods him, right? <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> That's it. It's like he scented her the minute the minute his eyes clapped on her. He thinks that there are cannons outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. That's exactly what happened. And you know what? Here's the other thing. We've talked about this being like Roth Brothers fanfic. Yeah. But uh, upon the reread, I really was like, it's a lot like Lothair. And it's not mm. just because he has her trapped in her penthouse, mm. but there's a whole scene where it talks about how, you know, he'd been trapped in like the basement because of his shitty childhood for a while. And, right. and he loves outside and he loves the light. And there's this scene where he like, he talks about how he smells the sun on her skin and right. her tan lines yeah. and how, right? So I, I honestly feel like for sure it's also like the untouchable Lothair brother, right? Whatever, Murdoch. But I do feel like in terms of the setup and a lot of what's going on, it it also feels a lot like Lothair and Ellie, right? Where he's like, how come I can't understand you? You're just a mortal. And she's like, bow down. Mm-hmm. It is pretty visceral like that. And I mean, and the amount of sex. I mean, it's just like oh, copious amounts of sex in so one much, night. And like, how so is much she able... It. How's she able to walk? I mean, it's crazy. Well, the doctor actually puts them on a timeout. Oh <laughs> he did. He's like, no more vigorous fucking. And when he examined her, he says something like, wow, you've been busy or at it. I mean, that's, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <sighs> uh, yeah. And then we follow that statement with, but we love this book so much. <laughs> it's it's a really good book. Because <laughs> oh. isn't that, I mean, let's be real. I will say it, right? The other part of this fantasy is that, like, she's going to fucking bring this man to his knees, right? That he, she is, her power over him is total. And, like, and she knows it. And he wants her. And she is like, hell yes, you do. I mean, that kind of confidence is really fucking appealing. And I don't know that there's a person in the world let alone a woman in the world who doesn't want to channel that sometimes. If you feel that way, anybody I know, please teach me your secrets because I don't feel that way a lot. Yeah. But I also think there's something really interesting going on here with him because so he does a lot of things. I mean, leaving aside the fact that he 
they so they have a lot of sex. She is not on the pill, and yeah. they don't use a condom. And other than like the first day, yeah. yeah. And he thinks that she's trying to like cheat him into like she's gonna sneak a baby. She's gonna trap him uh, from him. So he gives her the he calls a doctor. She gets the morning after pill. She gets an IUD inserted. Like un, it's not really under duress, but it's like a weird. It's weird. No, oh, yeah. And then. And then, like, fine, okay, now we can just have sex all the time. He presents her with, like, his papers to make sure <laughs> I'm, that... I'm clean. Yeah, yeah, I'm clean. They have, like, the full, like, crest... You know, I feel like we need to we need to talk about all this because we just did the episode on contraception and mm-hmm. um, birth control and abortion. And I yeah. think, like, Cressley handles this really, really well. But then, on top of all this, he does a lot of things that are... Not great <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of collecting her, right? On the second date, for example. So he's never had a second. He's never done a round two with an escort, right? Correct. Right, right. And so she leaves in the morning with her cash money. She says, this is not romantic in any way. She's like, I'm out. Thanks for all your money. Mm-hmm. And she's gone. And, he, and she gets a call from her friend. And she's like, oh, my God, he wants a second night. This is amazing. He never wants a second night. You've got the fish on the line. And she's like, no. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, she's keenly aware of, like, her own destiny. And then he, like, uh... Yeah, they sold her private number right. to him. He bought it for what? Like, some crazy amount of 25 grand, grand or something. something. Yeah. He So they sold her private number and so yeah. immediately he starts texting, like, waiting, where are you? You know, very, you know. Yeah. Bossy. It's very bossy. And then, of course, she's, you know, right back at him. Well, you're going to wait forever. I What I liked about this is the sense that, like, yes, she was really drawn to him and they had great sex. But, like, that doesn't have the power over her that it right. has over him. Like her brain is in charge, his dick is in charge. Absolutely. And I think and I think that again, like there's something I think it's sort of symbolic of, of in a lot of ways, but I also feel like it's just kind of who she is. She can't afford those kinds of mistakes whereas because he's this rich billionaire who can do whatever he wants, that's not going to hurt him. And I think it is like symbolic of the way like relationships, I don't know, like can be relationships can be really tricky. Like those power differentials matter. And so for her, she's like, I can't afford to just like run off and screw this guy. And, you know, like I have to keep my eyes on the prize, which is keeping myself safe, finishing my degree and getting myself out of here. She's constantly doing that cost benefit analysis. She Mm -hmm. has enough money to go. Yeah, it would be great to be with him again. But what does it really get her? Right. Yeah, and I think that that's part of why the book works so well. So again, I can't help but compare it to the last one, right? Where we talked about all the kind of failings of first person um, in the last one and how like this structurally like the conflict didn't didn't build quite the same way as as this conflict like and it's it's in part because the last one was serialized and this was released as a full book um anyway there are a lot of things but the but the really interesting thing which then we're going to see leveled up even more in the next book is that cat has a secret yeah and she has a secret that is so important and also dangerous that we don't hesitate to believe that she will keep it from him yeah 
And I think that's the exciting, that's another part piece of the id, right? Is when you have that heroine that he has entirely misjudged her. Yeah. And he's just, in his quest to try to figure her out, he's assuming so many things about her. Like he's putting her in this box. Well, obviously, you know, you've been an escort for years. You only care about money. You don't know, you don't, what are you worrying about? You go, what, you you need to go get a manicure or, you know, like, no, dickhead, you know, she's worrying about her husband, you know, is hunting her and going to, what was the, he's going to butcher her. That's what he hollered when she fled into the night. So he's so wrong about her that you know the grovel is coming, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you just can't wait till he finds out, you know, his gut, he's already drawn to her and can't, you know, it's in, she's in his blood, right? Like, on a gut level, he knows she's the one. She's the mate, right? That he's been right looking for forever. But and in his, you know, trying to put up his walls and his defenses, he's just been making all these wrong assumptions about her. And when he finds out the truth, oh, it's going to be so sweet, right? You're waiting for that. I agree. I think the other thing, though, too, is like we really see again. This is how first person really works. We see her like, urge to trust him, right? Mm -hmm. That as he tells her, like, the truth about his childhood, how compelling that is to her, like, how intimacy is built through this sense of them, like, like, sort of, not just, like, her sharing her brain with him, which I also really liked, right? Like, I, one of my problems with the professional was, like, what the fuck does Natalie do all day? We know what Kat does all day. And the fact that he starts saying to her, like, hey, like, like, look at these proposals for me or translate this for me. Like, Business advice, yeah. Yeah, and she, lo- I mean, that to me is like the real thawing of her feelings towards him is when he praises her not just for how sexy she is and how great the fucking is, but how, how he is. admires her brain. Mm-hmm. She's very smart. Yeah. There's my it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's real romance happening there. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I do think like there's every time he peels away a layer and he sees like, oh, shit, like her apartment or oh, shit, like Uh she cleans houses like he can't he can't understand because it hasn't. I mean, why would any why would it occur to anybody that she'd been, you know, that she was on the run from a ex-husband who, you know, right from somebody who wanted to butcher her like that's not a normal thing even for a mafia mafioso right Right. um and so like he can't get a read on her and it makes him crazy Mm -hmm. and you're right that grovel once you said sophie that that it was the grovel of course this is jen's book of course (laughs) because the grovel is great yeah and also here's the other thing i've like realized about myself she also gets away like remember we talked about the professional and i was like when she was in that airport i wanted her to get away i actually wanted her to like make her escape and the fact that he like grabs her before she makes it on that plane was really frustrating share a brain like you can't i mean you cannot wait for the moment for her to escape him and then he's just broken and obsessed and like where she actually left me Oh, that's amazing. I love that moment. And so in this case, I know we're like skipping ahead to the end when she fucking gets out of the cab and is Mm -hmm. like, take your pride and choke on it. (laughs) And then like 
is smart enough to know that he's going to come after her and to like, you know, like, like ditch her phone in the cab. I mean, the fact that he, I mean, I, if, if I was ever going to write fanfic, you guys, it would be him freaking the fuck out for 24 hours, losing his mind because he does not know where she is. And you, cause you know, it's off page, but you totally know that's happening. And she's so smart. She knows how to disappear. Is he having McGreeve static, Jen? (laughs) <laughs> he is honestly like he probably cr- she slept in the bathtub. He probably fucking cried in the shower at least four times. He like yelled at everybody. He stomped around. Oh, he acted he crazy. At everybody. I mean, he what's his name? Vasily? Pretty- is it Vasily? Yes. His guy. Forget it. That guy had a bad night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he exactly. did. Exactly. He's like, imagine him coming I back and being her. like, "I lost her." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And him being like, she was in high fucking heels. How'd you lose her? Yes. <laughs> I mean, really, he's a goner the moment she turns around and shows the ass. It's over. He's on the hook. Yeah. 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 It's really, I mean, it's really a magnificently written book. One thing I would like to talk to the two of you about is pacing because I did not have a problem with the pacing of this book like it really worked for me mm-hmm. but I did read a review and it, I'm not sure where it might have been on smart bitches where they talked about how the middle section where they're just like trapped in the the penthouse is just like boring because all they're doing is fucking and I was like wait well was- I mean smart bitches is wrong I don't know what to say <laughs> But I really was like, wait, really? Because that worked for me because I it just did. felt like it was instead like them in a pressure cooker. Yeah, absolutely. It's all character. It's all character. And I felt the suspense was layered in there. So because you knew it wasn't going to last, right? You know, she's got yes. someone hunting her and this isn't going to last. Like this right. is them peeling their layers. She cooked, showed how smart she was, that she has great business sense. You know, all of that was revealed amid, you know copious like, amounts of sex there's that... also like christmas eve yeah oh, it's no. really wonderful like exactly so, so maxim has never i, I mean i mm-hmm. love is uh, it is Vas- vasili right the, yeah the, right, the, right, that's his name so right. i love him i love the use of him in this story oh yeah um because he so there's this great moment in um if you've if you've recently or ever or remember from um lord of scoundrels uh loretta chase's lord of scoundrels um part of the joy of lord of scoundrels um is that dane the hero of lord of scoundrels who is like cold and awful and everybody hates him he has this sort of crew because he's rich and powerful he has this crew of like secondary dudes who like linger (laughs) around right and one of them is the heroine's brother and that's the sort of setup but one of the other ones is just a really straight he's known as like a really excellent gambler he never ever loses a bet and every time and the the way that Loretta writes it is periodically over the course of this book, this hero is she slips into the like omniscient narrator slips into the POV of this um, secondary character who always bets that Dane won't do something. Dane won't marry her. Dane won't yeah. go after her. Dane mm-hmm. won't do these things and he loses those those are the only bets he ever loses this third this yeah. secondary character and i feel like vasily is used in that structurally in this is he, every time he sort of comes on page we see maxim's change through his eyes 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is really clever and thoughtful. Like when done. he says, like, boss says, keep you. So you kept. Now fix Christmas. <laughs> and, right. but then also when he's like, boss doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. Like he's never. Fix Christmas. Fix Christmas. Right. Christmas. He said fix Christmas. And I love even when she starts ordering all the clothes and the treadmill and all that stuff starts coming up to the room. He just shakes his head at her like, this isn't going to be good. Like, You know what he he says? He says, boss is not man you fuck with. And she's like, I'm not someone you fuck with. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Which, you guys, that's like practically my fucking motto in life. I'm like, don't don't fuck with me. You wish you could scream that at someone. (laughs) Oh, hell yes. And he comes to understand that too. Like, he comes to appreciate her. I mean, why else? I mean, he looks at her, he's like, fix Christmas. Like, he, fix Christmas. He knows she's yeah something special and to so she, his boss. Yeah, and she does, and she does it by cooking all the food that her mother used to make. I know. Her. Like mm-hmm. even I was like, oh, I know. And like, so we know food is my love language. I know, but the reality is, like, it's such a powerful moment where she cannot tell him any of her secrets. She cannot tell yeah. him any of this because she's at this point she's also afraid for him like if she brings him into it what will happen to him this is her problem she has to solve it but like the only thing he can give her or she can give him is this this meal she can give him the christmas Mm -hmm. that she always had like that's a powerful moment and smart bitches is wrong also, chastity belts, which we'll get yeah. to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know what I'm talking about Sorry, that. Jen, go ahead. You know, no, the thing about that also is, like, and again, it's sort of, I can't help but compare it to the professional. Maxime is with her, right? And every time he leaves or tries to leave, he is drawn back to her, mm-hmm. right? So there's this, like, gravity that's happening between the two of them that neither can escape. And I think that also is like really powerful and i before we talk about the chastity belt because i i I mean obviously we have to but the the scene where he brings his like mafia buddies back and tells her (laughs) to go to her room yeah is and instead she's like comes out with her like thong (laughs) with like a bell on it the little bikini thong with a tiny (laughs) bell in the back of the ass i mean so she it tinkles as she walks around. I mean, yes. oh my and, God. And the part where she's like, even Vasily like raises his eyebrows. <laughs> that scene where she's like, I will not be hidden and I'm not going to go running. Like, yeah, I'm here. And that, well, she isn't going to go running then on her treadmill and her like sexy workout gear. I mean, the whole scene, that whole scene, I just like loved. I love that she was like, you think you're going to hide me and you're going to be dumb enough to bring these people here? Good luck. I will not be hidden, even though I sometimes want to hide myself, but you will not hide me. Yeah, definitely woman empowered. I decide. I say who, I say when, I say how much. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So, Sophie, talk to us about the chastity belt, because I'm just going to giggle, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The chastity belt. It sounds so archaic. In, uh, In my mind, I keep seeing that armored chastity belt from robin hood men in tights yeah me too it's really (laughs) it's not not that sexy in my mind you guys i'm googling right now because i you know me too and i don't think that's accurate no her description (laughs) is it's you know it's kind of thicker around the front of the crotch but it's cushioned for you know on the side that you know she comes in contact yes the inside and then it's like metal on the outside and then it gets really narrow like a g-string 
but I'm a, that goes up yeah. the back. So she never makes it very long with this on, you know, because he has he has the key to her chastity belt. Yeah. Because this is, remember guys, he's the master. She is not allowed to pleasure herself until he says, which she does all the time and she breaks that rule because she's cat, as we've described her. You know she's not going to play by his rules, but he does put this chastity belt on her. And um, I think the longest time, like, and then he'll unlock it. Like, I think I, they can't get much, you know, two hours oh, yeah. without it. And plus, I'm like, it can't be on that long. I mean, how's she going to go to the bathroom? These are the things that <laughs> cross my mind, Yeah, right? I was worried about, like, <laughs> he's going to leave her all day in a chastity belt. How's it clean in there? Yeah. So she doesn't ever actually <laughs> have to wear it that long before he, you know, unlocks her from it. But let's talk about the second so that's the first chastity belt. What about the other? Yes. The second chastity belt that has the dildo. Yeah. Two. Two dildos Two. eventually. Yes. 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 I mean, that <laughs> just seems. It's a lot. Cruel. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so she's walking around in a total state of arousal. It's just a little dildo. Not enough for her to actually. Get off on. Get off on it. You like, guys, can I tell you something kind of weird? So I am your Google I'm, search is never going to be the same, girl. Super weird one. First of all, I think it's important to reference that earlier, the very early on in this podcast, we were found by somebody who was searching <laughs> chastity belt porn. So here's your episode, <laughs> person. We are very happy to have you. Um, there you go. But I'm looking now, and most of these are on eBay, which I think <laughs> is kind of weird. I don't know about. I feel a like used... if I were going to buy one, I would I want, want a, a new, new one. Sure. <laughs> You know, well, and I found myself thinking, like, were the measurements for this thing taken by the gynecologist? No, it's, here's the thing, Jen, <laughs> this is historical romance, and this is romance land where all heroes can guess the size of the heroine just by eyeballing in- it. Including, like, various... Because sure. he did, yeah, wait, she did My ask heroes him- routinely buy people dresses. Right. And, like, yeah. Um, you know what I was thinking, though, is part of the reason that I think why I mean, so like one of the things is like, OK, this is like a real extreme thing to like enter into the the text. Right. So like why these two? And I think we we talk a lot about like unlocking the hero as like a metaphor, right, for like what the what she does to him and or every heroine does to every hero right every love interest does to every other love interest but often it is like a heron towards a hero so like why the like so the thing about the chastity belt is like okay it's kind of sexy but the what's way sexier to me is the thing about the lock and the key mm-hmm. right like the fact that her she knows that he, yes he's locking her into this thing but like the way he talks about the key and 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 he strokes like, the key he strokes the key always touching the key yeah he's away from her for and she knows it yeah right. and that's why it works for me because it's it ultimately i would have never and really kind of don't think any of this is super sexy but it's sexy because she it's something that he's wearing too mm-hmm. yeah and i mean on top it also is a it's an echo of that wonderful like possibly the best scene in the professional which is um when they're in paris and he can see her on the video yeah and he's left and she's masturbating on the bed and he calls her and is like don't you dare yeah yeah and then he comes in and they like collision course into sex 
And then in this case, it's like every time he comes home. Every time, yeah. He can't. And she's just like, you think about it more than I do. Yeah. Like, back right. to that confidence. It's, she, yeah. it's, yeah, it's terrific. And so, I mean, I think, like, you, you've talked about, like, like, like Lisa Claypost using talismans. And this is, like, the closest, like, the lock and the key, I think, gets in this book. And at the end, when they have the fight on the plane, right? And he's like, who's this other man? And she's like, I'm getting out of here. She's wearing those earrings, right? The lock and the key earrings. And she's like, there's this line. She's like, I almost ripped my ears off to get them out. She doesn't want to take anything from him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that that's like a really powerful moment because what she's rejecting there isn't just... Like, it's, like, everything, right? Like, this, the the lock and the key earrings, just like the lock and the chastity belt, were all about them together. And when she throws them at him, like, that's got to hurt, right? And that's the part, too, where it becomes powerful as a symbol for, like, kind of, like, what they're doing together. And then when he, like, he breaks that, right, by not trusting her. Mm-hmm. And that moment where she's like, I almost was going to trust you. I came so close. And how horrified she is by that. And yet it's what he desperately wanted. And I think like that's that emotional intimacy had like not caught up to like the physical intimacy. Wait, I'm sorry. What part are we talking about? The part where at the end where she like gets out of the cab, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's, I I mean, you know, coming back from the airport, she has the lock and key earrings on. And right, which is like a jeweler. I don't Mm -hmm. remember before they go to the wedding, she like buys all this jewelry. And one of them is these like earrings that are like a lock and the key and they both love them because they know what it's really about, right? It's like the secret Everyone else is like, oh, cute earrings. And she's like, ha ha, chastity belt with anal plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so when she rips those earrings out in the cab, like, I was like, yeah, this is her rejecting yeah. everything. Right. I'm out of here. Yeah. It's so funny because I almost always forget that there's a wedding in the middle of all of this. Yeah. Like, it's such an odd. I agree. It's an odd moment. And I'm, I don't know... I don't 100% know. I don't know if it's there to, like, set up the next book or why it's there. But I don't think it's necessary. It's the only place in the book that I feel like we could you could lift this whole thing out and it wouldn't – it would be fine. Um, yeah, I just felt it was um, more of them on the page together, but more of her with – again, just the other characters, right? Yeah, the well, it other- brings back mm-hmm. the last – couple it i mean it's a very sort of romance novel-y thing to do but cressley's such a like it's it's always unexpected when cressley does something like this um but then what's really interesting is part of the reason why i think i always forget that that exists is because the climactic scenes the low moment and then the climactic scenes of this books are so so powerful the moment like all of it the the from the moment she gets out of the taxi and then and then he can't find her and then like he finds her on a bus like waiting at a bus stop and then he 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 like then he gets on the bus with her and then he gets and yeah. he's like what the fuck why am i on a bus <laughs> public transportation and the russian mobster <laughs> yeah yeah and she has to transfer and he's like what we have to wait for another one of these fucking things where are you going and she's yeah. like get the fuck away from me you privileged asshole you get mm-hmm. You don't understand anything about me. Yeah. And he gets, like, he's so, he's like a computer malfunctioning. Like, he can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, too, like, can't, like, he gets that he doesn't understand a th- anything about her. And he's like, what, 
uh, he she's the only thing he's never he just can't figure out right yeah he's totally helplessly confused from the moment he meets her she's nothing the magnificent thing is is she goes up she takes the test Mm -hmm. and then she realizes that she's fucked yeah Mm -hmm. and she doesn't hesitate she calls him and he doesn't hesitate to come like yeah they're suddenly like everything that's between them is disappeared and the only thing that matters is like her safety and and trust like yes he doesn't need to know all he needs to believe like at this like suddenly maxim all his desires for information are gone yeah, he just wants to protect. Right. It's Keep pure right. id. It's pure id. Mm-hmm. Just let yeah. her be safe and okay. Yeah, in the hands of a lesser author, that becomes like a back and forth of like, what's wrong? Tell me, yes. who is this person? Why are you scared? He doesn't ask any of those questions because no. they don't mean anything. Right. Um, And then, of course, I love a shot. Somebody gets <laughs> shot. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I right? love it. <laughs> When I first read this book, I am I'm not kidding. I think I just like reread it on a loop like several times cuz I was like this like you like when we talk about id like a book just like fitting into that like little hole in your soul this one does. But now when I reread, I almost always just reread the end from the scene in the cab to like the end. And I think it's because it's like the perfect arc of like groveling to saving, like mm-hmm. it's like a roller coaster. And the fact that she finally does trust him, you don't need her to say, I love you right there. When she calls and is like, I need you, when she has never needed anything from him, it's perfect. Yeah, Yeah. because he's like, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. And then my, I mean, look, I know I'm not supposed to like it. I know it's 2019 and like (laughs) toxic masculinity and like. Written before me too. But it's still, I will still go back to it all the time. I mean, like Jen, I've read this so many times and I go right for my parts that I love, right? I, the beginning, the dress, the ass, the trapped (laughs) in the apartment together, the, Yes, she walking out when she walks out on out on him to the ending. But like that and that scene, like at the end, like the part huh, <laughs> that talks like and I know I'm not supposed to like it, but he like he's just like, I don't know who this fucking guy is, but fuck him. And then yeah. he's like he's dead and she wakes up and she's like, what happened? Or he wakes up or like somebody wakes up and she's like, what happened? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like his body's mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> Like yeah, it's right. in Maryland. Right. Like, it's Florida. He's in a swamp somewhere. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I like this. Like, I don't oh, care. Yeah. I yeah. do not care that this just is like pure violence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Right. Oh, no, none of it. I mean, I, but you know what? I feel the same way like when I watch like the Avengers and they destroy half of New York. And like the logical part of my brain is like, that's billions of dollars worth of property damage and, and lives people. lost. <laughs> Yeah, and no, people. I don't care. Blow blow up some more things, beautiful people. I am here for it. <laughs> so yeah, part of me is like, I don't even know if I can it doesn't even operate on the level of like story. This it's operating on the level of like myth. I don't like even know how else to describe it. That's like the paranormal aspect of it, right? Yes, like absolutely. they're just like they're bigger than mortals. 
And by the way, if anybody wanted to sit down and be like, let me list 800 ways this is problematic, I'd be like, mm-hmm, absolutely, you're right. Give it to me. I'd like to read it again. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, right? Like, sometimes it doesn't matter, right? Like, whatever. And that's what I also love about this book. Like, she's so logical. It's like cost-benefit analysis and economics. And my brain is just like, like, if you put me in an MRI machine when I read this sucker, I, it, everything is lighting up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I yeah. just want it. This is the way I want it. I want it in this book like this. In my real life, I would not want it like this. Of course you wouldn't. Well, I mean, right? there, no, absolutely none of it, including the no. the anal plug chastity belt. <laughs> Especially none that. Of none of it. I would, except my own pool. I, yeah. I would like to. You would like that part. I would like my own pool. Yeah. Lock me in a penthouse. Yeah, with only books to read. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> I want to go back to talking about first person for a minute because I think it's fascinating that like she knows herself, but he does not know her. And, and yet the first person is us through her point of view and his frustration. Like it's almost like it flips how we felt reading the professional when we were like, we just want to know him. Mm -hmm. He just wants to know her. And we, as the readers do and so we are aligned together with her You're right. against You're so satisfying him. that way, right? Like she Absolutely. knows herself. She even knows him. And you see through her eyes how total, totally bewildered he is yes. by her. And that's yes. enough. The first yeah. person works. It also works because, you know, she's he, – I, I thought to myself, what would she call herself? What does she think of herself? Is she cat in her mind or what is it? Anna Lucia? Mm, is that her real yeah, name? Right. But it's always I and you don't know how she thinks of herself. And I know this is more like something that's like logistical. But I'm like, I guess that's kind of good because he all, her name's Kat. He calls her Kat, Katya. And, yeah. But – Kitten, right. How does she think of herself? Does she – has she totally taken on the persona of Kat or does she still think of herself by her – you know, the name well, she was born he's with. sort of, un- I mean, like, she's been through this deeply traumatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the other thing. Like, Kat's full of armor. Like, mm-hmm. she's all claws at the beginning because she, I mean, like, she's had, she suffered a terrible trauma. Like, her mother died. Mm-hmm. She, her husband's a fucking crazy person. He doesn't, she doesn't have any money. Like, she has, like, fallen from every, in every way from where she began. And... So her, again, backed into a corner, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's very likely that she thinks of herself as Kat for most of the book until she can't – he's unlocked her, right? Right. Just as she's unlocked him. Like, this is where I'm always like, the limits of narration – Kate Claiborne loves me right now. The limits of narration are such that, like, it's not like real life. But, like, when I walk around in the world, I'm all of the things I am. Right. I don't talk about myself as like Jen, the mom, Jen, the teacher, Jen, the romance critic, Jen. Right. I'm just all those things all all the time. And so ultimately, I think she's like both. Right. Like she's always who she was. Right. Like her childhood and all that. That's all there. Right. And right. So I don't even know if if it matters. Like I don't 
I don't know, like, I guess we need to talk to people who have, like, hidden identities, right? right? But, like... Connect us with people in witness protection. Yeah, if you have a hidden identity, we'd like to have you on the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) but, like, I think you're seamlessly all of the things you are. Like, that's the thing. Like, in real world, you can be all those things. Like, the limits of narration are, like, what can you capture on a page, right? Sure, sure. But she's... It is dangerous for her to think of herself as anything other than Kat. Not just, like, Mm -hmm. not just in the... In the very, like, frank way that it's dangerous where, like, if she slips up, this guy finds her. But it's also dangerous for her emotionally to think of her, her that life that she very likely will never have again. Yeah. Right? Like, right. she is going to be on the run forever. Forever. Yeah. And until this all goes down the way that it does. Yeah. I mean, right. I also love the moment where she's, where he's like, holy shit, you have a lot of money. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and she's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Right. A palsy, a hundred million instead of a palsy billion or whatever it is. I don't remember, you know. Um, Sophie Jordan, do you want to tell us about your next book? Because I think it's it's a little tropey. I think people who love the master are probably going to love this next book. Yeah, sort of in a historical way. So my next historical romance is The Duke's Stolen Bride, and it is... You know, I love this trope so much. I was like, I wonder how this could be done in a historical. Ooh, fun. And uh, it's, I, I have to say now that I am in the copy edits of this book right now, and it definitely has made the book, the heroine is different than any other heroine I've ever written in historicals because, because she's in a position where she decides she wants to become a mistress she doesn't want to want to marry, but she wants to be in charge of her fate. And she has to do this because she is in such dire financial straits and she has three siblings that she is responsible for. So um, she's sort of a singular heroine. Like she has, you know, she could marry, but then she'd be stuck with that guy forever. Who, you know, a guy who she doesn't love. So she's like, mm, I need to learn to be a courtesan and not just any, like a really good one, like coveted where I can yeah. call all the shots and I can pick my clients, take them or leave them. And so definitely different to write this kind of thing in a historical setting versus a contemporary, you know, in rereading the master, I was like, oh, it's so fun. All those, you know, uh, like you were describing, Sarah, like all just the nuance and the, and the logistics of being an escort, you know, it's quite different and historical she has to go out and find someone that she believes there's a retired quote you know mistress or courtesan in her shire Mm. the rumors of that of that woman is that you know are that she's not really a widow you know she was a mistress so she's this is her source you know that's who she goes to and there's you know the duke in the area so I don't want to give away everything, but yeah, she targets the Duke and he's very, um, also has no interest in marriage. And, but the, but the, the fun thing was writing the, the friend, the former courtesan, the now retired courtesan, who's like, well, just find someone to show you the way. Like it, you can't yeah. just become a courtesan. You don't have any experience. <laughs> like, like you need to basically find someone who's Practice. really good at sex. <laughs> and but keep your maiden head because that's actually a great commodity for you that will fetch you a high price so she is so there oh, comes I the point that. where she goes yeah, to the duke amazing. and she's like can you teach me everything you know without 
you know, deflowering me. Like I need to stay a virgin, but I need to know everything and I need to be really good at it. So that meeting is fun, writing that. <laughs> I would read that, Sophie Jordan. <laughs> well, you get to in October. That's right. It's uh, So waiting. it's the last week. It's what, Halloween-ish? October 22nd. You know, that's the day before my birthday. Oh. Now you know what to get me. Oh, there you go. Maybe, you know, maybe it can come your way sooner, so... Look, if this romance critic thing isn't working for me, exactly. it is working for me in arcs. Fine. Okay, this feels like a good time for me to mention that I also have a book out uh, soon. Um, Brazen and the Beast, which is the second in my Bare Knuckle Bastard series, is out at the end of July, July 30th. Um, it is uh, basically Cressley Cole fan fiction. Um, there are, we'll talk more about it on a future episode, but there are a couple of moments that my editor sort of circled and was like, is there a reason why he's gifting her with the heads of her enemies? Um, so anyway, it's out July 30th. You can pre-order it wherever books are sold. If you pre-order it from my local independent bookstore, Word in Brooklyn, hey Word, um, you get it signed with goodies, um, which is always exciting. And if you type faded mates into the um, offer code box at word uh, you'll get a sticker for faded mates too which is that's fun right um anyway i hope you will the first book in that series wicked in the wallflower if you haven't read it um is available for a dollar 99 all through june at any of your local e-tailers um in in digital um i hope you love them and what else is there anything else we want to tackle sophie do you want to say anything about iad oh it's just man it's cressley guys i don't know what else to say about you guys we all feel that way you are friends with cressley too in real life i am cressley did give me an arc of after i gushed about the master, she gave me an arc of the third book, your favorite, which you're going to oh, get into. Yeah, the player, which mm-hmm. we will get to in four weeks, right? Yeah. Player, we do. Is, yeah. wait, is it the Sweet player. Ruin next? <laughs> oh. oh my God. We get to in four weeks or 400 weeks. I've actually, like, we've been for a whole year it's like the the sweet ruin is coming you guys but oh. even better it's mm-hmm. sweet ruin and then the player it's like yeah gonna be the greatest month of my life which is awesome <laughs> because i also have a puppy now which means that it will be the least great month month of my life um although he he is currently sleeping and they are they are better when they are asleep I will. Yes, I just realized how this affects me, Sarah McLean, because I'm staying with you in a month. And I'm like, wait, there's a puppy where I'll be staying in a month. How's this affect me? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, but we can right share now, a bed. I don't mind. Yeah, I, don't, I think I think you'll be all right. Uh, you like a puppy, so. I do. I do like a dog. Well, this was amazing. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I loved it. Tell everybody where they can find you. My favorite social media platform is Instagram, but I am also on Facebook and Twitter when I have to be. Where else? Oh, recently, where we're going. Are there people going to be at RWA in New York City? Y'all come find me, please. Well, I'll be there. I can't wait. I'm excited. There is a live Faded Mates Wicked Wallflowers crossover episode that's going to exist at RWA if you are an RWA attendee. We'll record it and it'll become an episode here. It's going to be a 
reading recommendation episode. So I'm super excited about it. And I think I might be able to stay. Well, I'm not sure. I'm in talks with my friend Sunhi, who has like a pied de terre in New York. And I'm kind of like, can I stay at your place for a couple days and like hang out and go to the Kirkus offices and maybe Ooh. we could interview Robert Peckoff? Ooh. So I have a lot of plans. Make it a plan. Make it a thing. I love it. I know. Yeah, we do have to interview Robert. I we we're almost at the end of this. I know. I think the time is ripe to like talk to him again, and I kind of want to do it in person because my fangirling power will be really, I think, too stunted if we do it. You, if you're with him in person and I'm not, I'm going to be jealous. All right, that's fair. <laughs> that's all fair. Um. So okay. So find Sophie on Instagram. What's your? Did you say your Instagram name? Uh, so Sophie Jordan is Instagram and I'm Sophie Jordan on Facebook. So very Sophie on Twitter. It's all confusing, right? Too many. Yep. And your next book is the October book, The Duke Stolen Bride. Bride. And, uh, but you also write other things. Tell everybody about what else you write. Well, I write contemporary romance. I have a series out, the Devil's Rock series, which are. Oh, my fave. I, Again, why we are kindred here. So, yeah, they are very kind of edgy contemporary books with um, hot, sexy felons are the heroes. Don't let that turn you off. But I don't think it will turn you off, not if you're listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> you know, about men that are taboo and pushed to the edge. And, you know, I don't. there's a lot of fun ones in there where I have one where it's the president's daughter with an escaped convict. That sounds fun, right? And um, I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then the first one is all chained up. It's uh, she's a prison nurse. And are there more coming in that series? There are. How many do I have in there? I have five. Five so far. So far, and as of now, just five. But mm. I've always thought about it. So we'll we'll see. The first one was the one the one that kicked off the entire series was my idea. The inspiration for the whole series was just visualizing a prison riot where a woman was trapped inside that was and how there'll be how there is one guy that kind of comes yeah I actually think Sophie needs to come back for a prison book interstitial because uh nobody loves a prison planet like Sophie Jordan this is true (laughs) I mean if I mean a prison planet a you know there are Newgate if Newgate is in your historical Sophie Jordan wants to read it I do there's not a lot about Newgate so, I mean I guess it's not probably not a sexy it's romantic pretty right? gross it's, yeah <laughs> hard to sell that one I like for romance sure. springing from the gross there's that great Kerrigan Byrne Newgate one so wait yeah. and you recommended one to me the other day anyway we should do a prison I'm 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 jumping the gun we should do a prison interstitial and Sophie Jordan should come on to Yes. From all the genres, whether it be it future, contemporary, historical, they're out there, people. I'll find them. My <laughs> um Sophie, do you read comics? Because you should read Bitch Planet. And it's like very different. It's like a feminist manifesto in comic book form. And it's about women who get set up to a present planet when they when they cross the patriarchy and it is amazing yeah, my toes are curling just to hear that description there's I'm no so romance exci- but it still, is just pretty like exciting. fury but it's really great yeah it's awesome that sounds great um well this is awesome um <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that we'll get it on the books 
And um, we're coming up on it. So next week is an interstitial. Then we've got Sweet Ruin. Make sure you read that ahead of time. We're going to have six or seven straight hours. It'll be it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to nod affirmatively on my side and let Tara talk. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then another interstitial. Then the player will post the calendar again because I know that we our dates are off because we took last week or we took uh, two weeks ago off. Um, and we are very excited. Find us at RWA if we're going to be there. If not, find us on Facebook. Oh, no, we're not on Facebook. We would never do that. Um, I can't commit to that, Find everybody. us on Twitter at FadedMates um, or on Instagram at FadedMatesPod. Um, always look at show notes. They're very fun. Um, and you can also uh, like us or leave a review or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And just a quick reminder that if you, like us, Googled chastity belt images while you were listening to clear your history and your Google cache. <laughs> no, we're, yeah, we're definitely putting pictures of these chastity belts in show notes so and we definitely need to show them the one from robin hood men and tights just in case people don't remember that one. exactly exactly <laughs> all right i've seen some things i've seen <laughs> some things <laughs> all right see you next time everybody bye it was like granny panties of armor